Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Nashville Tour Stop Podcast. Joining us today, episode number 108, after Snowmageddon 2024, Maura Strepa. Thank you for coming on to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Welcome, Excited to welcome be Welcome to the pod. How was your uh, snow week? It was honestly great because I was sick. You were sick. That so sucks. I didn't have to cancel anything because everything was already canceled. Mm, everything was already canceled. So, well, so I was on my sister's bachelorette party last weekend. Woof. And I was trying to fly back to Nashville on Monday. Okay. Couldn't because BNA shut down. So I spent the night in Charlotte, which is where my parents live, and then flew here Tuesday and like felt horrible Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then felt great Saturday, <laughs> Sunday. God, that back. sucks. Well, I, at least you didn't have to miss anything. Yeah, it was good. I mean, I got to stay inside and wasn't stir crazy <laughs> because of it. Well, for those of you listening who don't live in Nashville, we had a huge, by Nashville standards, snowstorm. Mm-hmm. My house here got nine inches of snow. Like, a, some of my friends over by the, the Percy Priest Lake got almost a foot. Like, that's, that's a, I mean, that's a lot of snow for anywhere. It was and, also a lot of ice. Yeah, that's the thing we're still dealing with in front of my house right now. It's like, it wasn't just the snow. It was like, because it warmed up just a little bit on right. Tuesday when you got back. And then everything melted and froze overnight. And then the whole city's just been shut down because it's like a ice skating rink everywhere. Yeah. Blech. I'm not a cold weather person. I'm not a hot weather person. I'm not good anywhere. Just constantly uncomfortable. I'm constantly uncomfortable unless it's 65 and sunny. Yeah. That's the only thing I'm really looking for. I like the cold weather, but I like it when I'm under my covers, like drinking a hot coffee. And you don't have to do anything else. Yeah. You're from Chicago, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Talk about cold. Yeah. Like- <laughs> so I lived there from zero to 12 okay. and then moved to North Carolina. How long so were you in I'm North like Carolina? 12 to 18. Okay. And then you, you move here for Belmont? Mm-hmm. Great. You're long since graduated, right? Well, I graduated in May. What year is it? Right now, it's 2024. So 2024, the year of our Lord, Laney Wilson. We established that last week. I, I agree. <laughs> Retweet. Um, graduated May 2023. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Well, thank you for coming on the pod today. Um, there's a lot I want to talk about, but we start every episode by asking how we met. And we were talking about it before we started recording, and we couldn't figure it out. Yeah, so we had no idea. Um, I know when I moved here and after COVID kind of like settled down, I stalked everybody in every round and just try to figure out <laughs> where I could up. play. <laughs> yeah. And, um, so I went back in our DMS and the first show is July 23rd, 23rd at Cabana Taps mm-hmm. RIP. Yeah. So what do you remember about those like taps venue days? It's a great question. I think. Because it was like the Wild West. Those places were lawless. Yeah. There was a lot of flying by the seat of your pants, like (laughs) in every way, shape and form. Yeah. Um, I got in trouble for trying to kick out a dude selling cocaine. I got in trouble for trying to kick him out. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's that's a perfect summation of what those places were like. Yeah. And I won't say which place it was. People who live here can probably yeah. <laughs> figure out where it was. Um, I mean, it was good. It was it was a lot of m- meeting people, which mm-hmm. I really needed to do because I moved here for school, and then three months later, everybody went home. 
So I didn't really know a lot of people like in the Nashville scene. Did you start in January 2020? No, I started, I guess, so more than three months, but I started in fall fall of of 2019. Yeah. Um, So being able to meet people and I hadn't played out. I learned how to play guitar over COVID. Okay. So I had not played guitar. You've never played guitar before? Mm -mm. Look at that. I know. (laughs) Uh, But then I saw everyone here was playing guitar. So I was like, okay, I guess I should probably learn how to play guitar. I guess I have to learn. Yeah. Begrudgingly, you're like, my fucking fingers. My fingers. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No, but I mean, it was a good thing. And so playing those venues taught me a lot about like learning how to play songwriting round and learning more about songwriting itself and like right. hearing from other people and um, learning how to play for a sold out crowd and learning how to play for the bartender. It's definitely a big... It's brutal. Yeah. It's brutal out there because I feel like so many people just in their brains, they get it like you go through the steps of like, I played a nobody and then I mm-hmm. played a... 15 people and yada yada but you don't realize like you can go from playing sold out at the listening room to 300 people and then that same night go to your next gig and play to no one that, right. that happens all the time i have it must have been maybe a month or two ago i played the bluebird mm. and the next night played a hotel lobby that no yep. one was in <laughs> so it's like there are like regardless of where you are in the industry you're still paying your dues. But mm. I think all the show like it it doesn't matter. All the shows, regardless of if it's a sold out room or the janitor, right. should be played as if it's sold out at the Ryman. Like right. you should have that same energy and that same Yeah, and it sucks because some people who are so freaking talented haven't had the opportunity to even do that. Mm-hmm. It's like the gatekeepers, you know, like the the places like the Bluebird are really hard to get into, not just because they're prestigious and hard to get into but like there's so many people that want to be there so many people and then there's thousands of deserving people and then there's thousands of i don't want to call them not deserving people but it's like you have to get through everybody Mm -hmm. and there's only so many days in a week right and that's that's kind of why it's hard for me to do tour stop sometimes because our submission list is like thousands long and people will submit multiple times and i'm like Mm -hmm. i'm sorry I haven't listened to your music yet, but the closest opening I have is in May. Yeah. Sorry. (laughs) Yeah. It's hard. I mean, every, the most talented person from every small town moves here. Yes. So it's like. Thousands, literally thousands. Yeah. It's just, it's a lot. And I think a big part of it is not being mean. Just don't be mean. And What's then rule number one of Nashville? Don't, don't be, be a, a dick. dick. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, mom. But yes. Sorry, dad. Sorry, grandma. Sorry, grandpa. <laughs> don't be a dick. And then you'll be able to... I mean, a lot of the opportunities I've had have just come from like talking to somebody at a bar or like complimenting nice. somebody's pants. Like it's it's the yeah. smallest things that can lead to... Do you know a country duo called Smithfield? Mm-mm. You ever heard of them? Mm-mm. So they've played the Opry several times, but uh, they got their first Opry gig because they were playing at the old listening room and they were asked to play the day before Thanksgiving. It must have been 10 years ago now, but they were playing one of those gigs that no one was at. It's the day before Thanksgiving. Everyone's mm-hmm. gone. And they were playing to one of like one of the bartenders, one of the servers and like seven people in the audience. But they had that mentality of like playing every gig like it was full. Mm-hmm. And one of the people in the room was the talent buyer for the Opry. Yeah. And they're like, mm, we should have you. 
And that's how it happened. And then the next thing you knew, they were playing the Opry all the time and playing CMA Fest and they got signed. And like, you don't have to play to 300 people. The one person in the audience might be the only person that matters. Right, right. And that's kind of hard to come to a gig where there's seven people and try to turn it on for seven people. Mm -hmm. But I try to turn it on for seven people like, because you never know. That's one of those Nashville stories. It's like it has happened and it will continue to happen. Right. And just like it can be, you can get jaded by everything. (laughs) This town and constantly being like, well, when is it? When is it? When is it? But I like to call them God winks, like Mm -hmm. the little moments that are like, okay, this is why I moved here. This is why I'm doing this for, you know, poor for passion. The things that reaffirm your faith in what you're trying to do. Yeah. Give me an example of something that's that's reaffirmed your faith in the industry. Ooh, <laughs> now I gotta think. Um, oh gosh, there's been a lot. Oh, oh, this is a great example. Um, so I was playing a show at the Listening Room, and it must have been my first or second time hosting there. I was very new and my therapist came. That's cool. And she's not my therapist anymore, but um, she came to the show and whoever I was right, I don't know who I was playing with, but they turned to me and they said, play skinnier. And I hadn't played this song for anyone. And except for my, literally for my therapist and like my friend, Sam Hatmaker, who I wrote it with. And Mm -hmm. like, that's really it. I didn't play it for a lot of people. And, they were like, play skinnier, play skinnier. And I was like, I really don't, I'm like really nervous, but I'm gonna play the song because my therapist is here and, you know, she really <laughs> likes it. So here's skinnier. And my therapist would tell me to do this to like accomplish <laughs> yeah. my fears, like yeah. overcome my darkest fears. <laughs> Literally. So for listeners that don't know me or don't know my music, I have a single out now called Skinnier, but it's about um, basically, would you like me more if I was skinnier? Mm-hmm. And it talks about, my I when I play it, I talk about my eating disorder and my history and all this stuff. And so I play it. My therapist had taken a video and sent it to Amy Brown from a Bobby Bones show. Wow! And so then I get a, a contact from a, from Amy's team saying, "Hey, we would love to have you on Outway, which is Amy's podcast, and to do a feature on iHeartRadio. Awesome. Would you like to do that?" And I was like. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. (laughs) So then, um, I texted Thomas Doolin, who's a producer in town. And I said, we have to record this. It wasn't, I mean, like we had just written it. It wasn't recorded anything. The turnaround of a song sometimes is like three, four years. So if you've just written it, you're like, I'm not even sure if I like the words yet. Right. And I, and for this song, especially, I was like, I don't know if I want people to know Mm -hmm. this about me. Like it's, just super vulnerable and it wasn't something I was ready to share necessarily. Um, but I was like, well, I'm not passing up, you know, Amy Brown. And so we went to the studio, we recorded it in one day on tape. It was awesome. Um, got it sent to her like three or four days later. It was on iHeartRadio and then Sirius XM, the highway and Buzz Brainerd did a whole special on it. And like it was on the Nashville sign and it just like, poof, Damn. Um, that's awesome. So that's what, that was definitely a God, like triple wink, but that's, I mean, yeah. it, and that's one of the things that's scary about this town is how in, in even perfect case of this, like how fast it can happen. Mm-hmm. And like, we talked about it last week with Gracie Carroll about she, her song called three minutes. And we were talking about how we're all like three minutes from fame. 
Yeah. Like, we're literally just one song away. And it could literally happen like that where one person sees it, they send it, and then boom, you're famous. Right. Like, it's scary that that's how fragile our business is. Yeah. And also amazing because how many other industries can you become an instant success in three minutes? None. None. <laughs> Cryptocurrency. <none>. Dogecoin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, let's talk more about some of the music you've released. So Skinnier is your second most streamed song on Spotify right now, at least it was when I checked earlier today. Oh. But, but you also have a single that's your most recent one called I Want. Mm-hmm. Uh, talk about that. What was uh, the writing and recording process of that song? Because it's a little more chill, acoustic vibe. Yeah, so that it's was... not quite so dirty country as some of your other stuff. Yeah, so that was a quick... Quick turnaround, too. Um, it was my first write with April Rose Gabrielli and Jacob Kulik, who are awesome. They're great producers and writers in town. Go check them out. Um, it was my first write with them. They had seen me at the listening room. Mm-hmm. listening room has been great. <laughs> really great. Um, they saw me play song suffragettes and asked me to mm-hmm. like meet for coffee, and we met and just hit it off instantly and decided to write, and I was talking about a boy and whatever. We were getting into... You know, I was complaining like I do in most co-writes and I was just kind of talking about how this is going to make me sound so annoying. And so give it to me. I'm just going to do it. But I promise I'm not like this. Well, I kind of am. When men like know that they're attractive or like think like they can get whatever they want Mm -hmm. And when they present that attitude to me, it's like a huge turn off, mm-hmm. I guess. Like, it's just like, it's, so, I can read people really easily. And so it's really clear to me when people do that. And that I'm cocky, very self-righteous kind of attitude. Yeah. But then they do it through like an insecurity way. I don't know. I might sound like crazy, but there are certain people that have it, have this ability to like seem a way that they're not. And so I was just talking about that and we were like, okay, let's write about that. Like, I bet you're lonely every time that, like every time you want me to come over, I bet like you're so lonely. You don't have 17 other girls that you texted the same thing to. So we kind of started with that and we couldn't figure out what the, what the hook was like, okay, this idea is great. I'm sure, you know, people have felt it before, but what is you got to land somewhere? Yeah. So then we were sitting there and, I was pacing and we were trying to figure it out. And I sat on the couch and I said, you tell me that I'm different. And I am, I know, cause everybody loves you, but I won't. Oh. And it was just like the, like that <laughs> moment in the room where you're like, that's one of those it. electric moments where everybody goes that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so then we wrote it and then we recorded a demo and then I sent it to a few friends and the response was like, you have to put this song out right that's now. Dope. And I was like, well, I haven't, didn't put out a song in 2023. Like, Yikes, I need to do that. So then I was thinking about my finances and as I was we like, all do every <laughs> moment of every day. Exactly. I was like, I cannot afford to produce right. this song right now. Like I just it's just not realistic. And so I was talking to Jake and April about it and I was like, why don't I just put out the demo? Mm-hmm. Like, let's just mix and master the demo and put it out. They're like, okay. So Jake added some um harmonies in there and then we just, I just kind of it's, said, it's okay. real stripped down. Yeah. No further fuss. Yeah. And you know, I think some of the best songs are like that. Like they don't need a whole 
orchestra. Right. Some people get bogged down in like putting too much stuff into a song that it detracts from the fact that it's just a good song. Yeah. And it's not like, it's not a bop. So right. I don't feel like it needs mm-hmm. a lot of that. Um, I'll be playing it with a full band on February 1st at 3rd and Lindsley. So it'll be cool to kind of hear it with all the elements. But yeah, it was a quick turnaround, put it out. And I had the idea to do just like a surprise drop. Um, I teased it a little bit on TikTok, but like just was planning on just putting it out and Mm -hmm. not really telling anybody. And so I did. And it's doing like for me, it's doing great. It's doing well. So it's been fun to see. Um, But yeah, I really like it. My mom called it the most beautiful FU she's ever heard. So thanks, mom. Thanks, mom. So, no, yeah. Actually, you know what? Forget iHeartRadio. It's when your parents like it. That's yes. when it really counts. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So like when I was a when I was in college, I was writing a song and I think it was called From Afar. It was on the piano. And my dad heard me playing it. And my dad is super musical, very classical, not a very songwriting person. Mm-hmm. But like I've aired my dirty laundry of my parents not really caring about music before. But I played that song and my dad goes that should be in a musical. (laughs) What a compliment. And I was like, thanks dad. (laughs) That was one of those moments for me. I was like, I don't suck. (laughs) I'm doing it. Tony awards. Here I come. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Oh, well, Hey, that's a great place to take a break. Let's take a quick commercial message and we'll come right back on the Nashville tour stop podcast. And we're back with the Nashville Tour Stop Podcast. Mara Streppa joining us on episode number 108. We just had a short break where I had a moment of insecurity thinking I was saying your name incorrectly. Thank you, Caroline Delone. I was about to say, who's to blame for that? (laughs) I've been calling you Mara Streppa for years. Yeah. And that's your name. Mara Lynn Streppa. Oh, fun. Mara Lynn Cecilia Streppa, if we want to get real technical. but So you don't have a middle name. You have a space. No, I have a middle name, Lynn. But then I have my confirmation name, which is Cecilia. So you have a space in between Lynn and Cecilia. Yes. Yeah, so you don't have a middle name. You have a space. Oh. (laughs) Alex also doesn't understand what you're saying. (laughs) Oh. So you don't have a middle. You just have a space. Got it. My Mm. mom wanted me to go by Mara Lynn. Mara Lynn? Yeah. That's like your stage name? Yeah. Nah. That... I agree. I Mara think Strepa is way more like signature. I think so too. You know how many girls in this town go by first name, middle name? I know. All of them. Oh, yeah. Paige Rose, that's actually her first and last name. Huh. It's not her middle name. There you her go. middle name is Marie. And that's like one of those things for years I had thought what her a great middle name. name. Paige Marie Paige, Rose. Yeah. Like her given real life last name is Rose. Wow. Like Lucky. Talk about a cool last name. Meanwhile, I'm stuck over here with Shilb. Something that's <laughs> deceptively simple, yet nobody can get it right. Everyone's Shilb. a little dyslexic. Shit. Lots of people say schlib. I definitely have said schlib for probably the entire time that I've known you. <laughs> so, Caroline, I'm the one that's saying his name wrong, not 
he Aaron he's not Shib, my... I've gotten a lot. Schlib. I've gotten I've gotten You're doing great. Some honey. rough um pronunciations. Of your last Maura name? Maura Stripper. Oh God. I can't imagine. <laughs> like Ninth strep grade throat. must have been brutal. Oh, it was tough. Real <laughs> tough. This is around the time when that Kian Peel video, the substitute teacher, came out was when I was in mm-hmm. high school, and all of a sudden my name was no longer Aaron. A.A. Ron. <sighs> you done messed up, A.A. Ron. And I went I remember like I was in eleventh grade or something, and people started saying that to me, and I was like, Something's happening. And I don't know I don't, what it is. My mom's Denise. Really? So she was D-nice. D-nice. Yeah. T-Mothy. Well, and my uncle is Tim, and my uncle and my mom are super close, and um, so they would always say it to each other. Jake Quellen. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm. You just got Mara. Just Mara. <laughs> Nothing crazy. Just Mara. Just Mara. Mm-hmm. Mara Lynn. I'm never going to call you Mara Strepe again. Okay. Nah, I'm going to forget this the moment I, I was going to say... <laughs> It's after my Aunt Lynn, who is, she actually lives in Gallatin. Aunt Lynn lives in Gallatin, but she's like my godmother and like we are super duper close. So it's, I'm happy that I have her name and my name. I just got two Bible names, Aaron Mark. Yeah. Actually, Aaron came from the first page of the baby name book. Oh. A-A. Yeah. Yeah. Start right there. And then my dad named me after a kid that was in his youth group. Hmm. Yeah. So I got two church names, Bible names. Look Dang at me that. now, Dad. <laughs> Talk about Catholic shame. So holy. Shame. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> well, uh, you moved here in 2021? 2019. 2019. What year is it now? 2024. This is the second time I've had to say this. I'm losing track of when I am. I said that on stage the other day, and I welcomed people to the show. I said the full date. I said month, date, year. And I said 2021. And this girl on stage goes, when do you think you are? <laughs> like, God. <laughs> Like I wasn't even drunk or anything. I was just like, when do I was you just like, that's. Thank you. Like, are. are you? It's like you're not drunk, so are you just stupid? Yeah. <laughs> oh, but uh, so you moved here in 2021 for school at Belmont. 2019. I did it again. <laughs> I'm stupid. <laughs> you moved here in 2019 for Belmont. Yes. Uh, did you study songwriting or anything else while you were there? No. So I actually started with commercial voice. Okay. Cool. And then. After first semester, like most people, if you went to Belmont, you get it. After first semester, I decided to switch and I wanted to switch to songwriting, but mm-hmm. I had already missed the audition date. So I just switched to music business for my second semester freshman year. Everything went online. And then first semester, sophomore year, I was a songwriting major with a music business gotcha. minor. So how do you think the COVID shutdown affected your songwriting process since you were still pretty new to it? while you changed your major to that, do you think that the virtual learning and virtual co-writing kind of set you for a different kind of creative process instead of just being used to being in a room with people all the time? Since I don't know the alternative, I'm not sure. It never felt weird? Never felt weird. I think it gave me a lot of time to write. Mm -hmm. I... Also just went through like, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Like everybody else, I went through a lot during COVID. So it fueled a lot of writing Mm -hmm. and a lot of inspiration. I think once I got back to Nashville and things started, you know, kicking back into full swing, that's when I was like, this is awesome. (laughs) I think once I started writing with people and feeling that energy in the room, there's nothing that 
compares to it. No. So, um, I had a couple of those Zoom rights, and I just, I'm so ADD anyways mm-hmm. that as soon as I had to like actively be on my computer trying to focus, I was like, Mm-mm, this is not going to happen for me. Like yeah. I had, I canceled rights that I had scheduled. I was like, this is going to be bad and a waste of time for the both of us. Right. I think I only got through like two or three Zoom rights, and one of them I got a cut out of, which was dope. There you go. But the only cut I ever got, thank you, SJ McDonald, <laughs> but it was brutal for me because I just, I have to like see people I have to be doing something and having Facebook open in the tab right next to the zoom. I was like, mm, this isn't gonna, this, is, this isn't gonna work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely a funky time since my experience co-writing prior wasn't heavy. There was a lot of solo writing still. And do you so, remember the name of your first song ever, ever? No, but I remember how it goes. Oh my God, you have to sing it. <laughs> I just vividly remember asking my mom, like, is your heart and your soul the same thing? She was like, well, like, kind of. Like, she was trying to explain, I mean, a very insightful question from a three-year-old, but she was like, why? And I was like, because I'm trying to write a song. She's like, oh, like, writing a song? Okay, how's it go? Okay. <clears throat> my big debut. my heart my soul my brain it loves you Uh that's all i remember (laughs) i don't remember the rest but it was something and i had this little notebook i had to have been older than three if i was writing stuff down that's so cute but it was this little like pocket notebook it was just this bad handwriting it said my heart my four-year-old chicken scratch yeah so that was the first song. You were four? Maybe maybe five. I feel like four is Splitting really Splitting hairs, young. though. That's still so I was young. little. I was, I was in a car seat, for sure. I didn't start writing music until I was in middle school. Like, I think I was 12 or 13, like, when I even, like, had the idea, oh, I could write a song. Yeah. It had never occurred to me before that. So, my oldest brother, Jared, at, like, family gatherings, he would always play the piano and write songs about family members on the spot. That's fine. And so that always inspired me, like, because I always just watched him do it. I was like, look at everyone laughing. Like, I want to make everyone laugh. Like, <laughs> I want to be the center of attention, which is like the most Mara thing to think ever. The birth um, of a look at me girl. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, um, so that's kind of how I was inspired to start writing songs. And he also like helped teach me some piano. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah. That's kind of where it started. I didn't start legit, like, actually writing songs until eighth grade, seventh or eighth grade. So, were you writing them on the piano or were you just, okay, gotcha? Mm Because you didn't learn the guitar until you were in college. Yeah. And I was was, always, was the piano your first instrument then? Yeah. Which is hilarious because I'm the youngest of five and all my siblings had piano lessons growing up that they hated, that like my mom forced them to do. And my, I didn't do any piano lessons. Wow. I'm like, of course, the one kid that pursues music didn't get any <laughs> lessons growing up. Um, I'm still, I mean, I still haven't had a lesson. I'm I feel not like great. a lot of the things our parents force upon us as children are things we grow up to resent. Right. It's like me with golf. Like, there you go. My dad bought me like golf clubs and all of the, the clothes and the shoes and the season pass at the golf course down the street from us. And I hated it. Yeah. Instead, I was like, can I sit in my bedroom and play the guitar for those same eight hours? 
please. <laughs> please. Don't make me go outside. <laughs> yeah. 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 My parents were definitely always supportive of whatever we we wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Like five of us again. So we Where all do kind you of fall in the hierarchy of the children. The youngest. You're the baby. The Me baby. too. Look at us. Yeah. Babies. Spoiled rotten wearing black hats. Spoiled rotten for sure. My siblings could <laughs> definitely agree to that one. But how much yeah. older is the oldest? Twelve years. Holy shit! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My brother is seven years older than me, and I was an oops baby for sure. My sister, that's closest in age, is six years older. But so you my were parents, an oops baby, also. They say that I wasn't, and my mom is gun ho on it. So my mom did have a miscarriage in between me and my okay. sister. Um. And she just always said she wants me to write the song, and I promise one day I will write it. But just called like, there's an extra seat at the table. Like a she verbal always... contract is binding in the state of Tennessee. <laughs> yeah, mom, I got you. I got you. <laughs> um, she just always said there was supposed to, there was always supposed to be one more chair at the table. And I'm like, well, that's funny, mom, because every family dinner we had to pull the kitchen stool into the dining room because there weren't enough chairs at the table. <laughs> no, but she always said that. So. That'd be a great Stuck song. Stuck with me now. Yeah. Find somebody else who's really emo and needs to write something sad. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> it's a rainbow. I think it's a rainbow baby song. Maybe. So. Yeah. I, 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 would, I wouldn't be the person for that, right? Yeah, no. If you want to write a song about butts, <laughs> I got you there covered. You go. That's all I'm good for right now. And see, I've had it happen where people have asked me to be part of a co-write with them because they really... Like they're like, this needs to have funny stuff in it. So I'm glad that I've kind of gotten a reputation of writing stupid songs. Hey, if it works, there you it go. works. It, hey, I have one called Bitches Bitchin'. You know, yeah, I like you, my. You need it sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I'm skinnier and um, bitches bitchin'. So I'll make you cry. Or I'll make you laugh. Whatever. I remember you asked if you could play that at the Cambria Hotel when you played last time. You're like, am I allowed to play this? I was like, absolutely, you are. <laughs> yeah, it's a fun one for sure. We had a show there last week before the snow, or actually it was like during the snow, they didn't cancel anything, and all of the hotel guests were snowed inside, so it was, oh. like, it was like packed. Yeah. It was awesome, but that also meant there were children everywhere, oh. and you know what's not great for children? A bar at 945 oh, yeah. in downtown Nashville with free during beer. A, yeah, during a snowstorm. During too. a snowstorm. So it was the drunkest people you've ever seen musicians and children he was like disney world just on depressed fire. and drunk <laughs> oh geez <laughs> a frozen sad drunken wonderland there you go i'll write that song i was gonna say walking in like a, a drunken wonderland <laughs> in a meadow we can have some whiskey <laughs> don't worry i'm not gonna do this right now no, um, I mean, I'm here for it. I do need to know about your cat. We have to talk about your cat. Uh, Didn't want to be the crazy cat lady that brought him up. It's on your merch. It I is. have, I mean, it's everywhere. Cowboy, the name of your cat is Cowboy. I, don't know I mean, look at him. It. We'll put a photo of that in, uh, we'll superimpose a photo of it. But my God. So how old is your cat? And why did you decide on the name? So sweet, sweet cowboy. Also known as cow. Also <laughs> known as little shit. I love animals named after other animals. Yes, yeah. He is approximately two and a half. Okay. Um, 
when I found him, he was like a baby baby. So mm-hmm. I don't know. That's like, like palm of your hand, baby oh, baby. Oh, yeah. Like so small. Um, so that's what the vet like estimated. And originally when I like met him, he was sniffing my boots and I was like, oh, I'll name him Boots. Like that's cute. And then I was like, I don't know if I want it to be like Shrek correlated. Oh, I hadn't even put that together, but like people would 100% boots, think that. Especially because he's a fat ginger cat. Like, yeah. It's an easy. So then I was like, what am I? It was Cowboy. I'll name him Cowboy. That's a great name. And I didn't even think at, that he would be my like logo or anything. But my brother, Luke, was saying like, you have to get a logo he's like i don't want to wear strepa on my i'm like okay so he's like you have to get a logo i have to get a logo and i'm like why don't i just use cowboy like he can be my logo i mean people love merch anyways but people love animals yeah more than anything right like my instagram only shows me wiener dogs yeah like it breaks my heart i know we talked about it already that i had to get rid of my dog but it still shows me so much dog content right Obviously, that's what I want to consume. The algorithm has me figured out. Yeah, yeah. Mine's like sushi rolls and cats, <laughs> which are like my two favorite things. Your two so. favorite things in the world? Yeah. If it wasn't a giant health thing, I know it would be gross, but I want to go to a place that has both of those. Cats everywhere <laughs> and sushi. Yeah. Have you been to a cat cafe? Yes. I've never been to one. Oh my gosh. It So there's one in Hendersonville, I okay. think. And I took a kid that I babysit there because he loves cats, but his mom's allergic. And so his mom's like, anytime you babysit, take him. I'm like, say less. (laughs) We're going. We're going to go to the cat cafe. Yeah. And they're like available for adoption. That's cool. So I'm like sitting there with all these kittens and I'm like, does Cowboy want a sibling? (laughs) Like, I feel like because I do go out of town a lot and like cats are great alone. I've had 35 foster dogs, Mm. so I've had my fair share of dogs raised cowboy with two six-week-old puppies so he's like very dog-like um but the good thing about cats is they're so independent so i can leave him for four days and he's completely fine but then i'm like what if he gets lonely and maybe you know he needs a little buddy what would you name a little buddy if you chicken chicken would be funny i know uh one of my one of my friends here in nashville has a uh, cocker spaniel named chicken that's a great it's her name. full name is Lady Chicken Gravy. Oh. But she goes by Chicken. There you go. She goes by her middle name. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty normal. Um, I, I wanted to get a dog and name it Turtle. I think that'd be so funny good. to have a dog named Turtle. If I got a female cat, which I probably wouldn't, I'd name it Barbara. Barbara. That's a yeah. great name. Barb. <laughs> Not Barbie. No, Barb. Barb. And then if I got another male cat, Probably Jerry. That's a good name too. So my coworker, she has a cat named Jerry, and she was—it's a hairless cat—and she was explaining that when they got her or him, when they got him, he looked like a mouse. So they're like, "Why don't we name him Jerry instead of Tom?" <laughs> and I was like, "That's such a good idea," but I'm also a deadhead, so I was like, "Oh, it'd be a nice nod to Jerry Garcia." Oh God, it'd be Jerry and Cowboy. <laughs> I think animals with human names like that is hysterical. Same. That's why I, that's why I named my dog Phyllis. Yeah. It's not like I'm not gonna get a dog and name it Cody. Yeah. It's I don't I wanna... wouldn't name it the name of something I can name my child. Right. I'm not gonna name a child Phyllis. Right. I feel like that's one of those names that's get Ruth. 
Yeah. The, I like Ruth. Are you going to name, don't name a kid Ruth. I like the name Ruth. Ruthie? It sounds like you're getting ready to have a 65 year old. Yeah, but I feel like those names are coming back. Old people. Oh, I mean, I've thought about naming if I ever had a kid, if I ever had a son, I thought I'd name him Ed. Ed. Yeah. I mean, it's my grandpa's name, but I also think calling like, oh, he's so cute. Ed. What's his name? Ed. Yeah. <laughs> Ed, Ed, and Eddie. Ed. I mean, you you are right. Like old fashioned names like that are coming back. Judy. Yeah. That's my other, that's my grandma's name. Ed and Judy. My You're listening grandma. right now. I know you both are. Hi. Grandpa Ed, get better. I know you're in the hospital recovering oh. from a hip surgery. Hey, my dad had two of those. Oh, do we have the same family then? My grandpa's had two of them. There you all, go. All both hips. Yeah. <laughs> all two of them. All two of them. Getting ready for golf season. Yeah, While, my dad too. Ugh, like my family, they want to go on a golf vacation and they're like, Aaron, will you take golf lessons to come with us? And I was like, No. <laughs> I will come with you and drive the cart though. There you go. Like I'm not I don't it's like I don't not want to spend time with you guys. I just really don't want to play golf. I took one golf lesson over COVID. Mm-hmm. I my parents have this apartment in Florida and they were staying there during the pandemic. And so I stayed with them. My dad was like, Why don't you do a golf lesson? Like this is a great time to try it. I was like, Yeah, sure. And I loved it. But I think it's because I love tennis that it uh, came really naturally to me, like the swing came yeah. super natural and i picked it up pretty easy but then i literally not literally never picked up play. a club <laughs> since and so i keep bugging my friend jim i'm like i want to go golfing like he keeps talking about it i'm like please just take me i'll sit in the cart and just let me swing like three or four times <laughs> and then we'll it all, and that's one of the things that has always gotten me with golf is if somebody asks you to go golfing you're like committing for a Hours. while yeah it's not like asking somebody to go play tennis where you might play for an hour right like, oh, no, you're going to play 18 holes. You're going to be there for four hours right. or f- longer. Yeah. Like, mm-mm. Yeah. Like, I don't have attention span for anything. That's why 20-minute TV shows, perfect. I like Putt-Putt. Have you been to the new Putt Shack? No, but I... I haven't either. I've wanted to go. Let's go. Done. Putt Shack, sponsor this episode. Take me and Mara. We'll do it. Hashtag, not an ad. <laughs> Hashtag could be. Hashtag... Hashtag, this could be us. <laughs> but you playing putt-putt. <laughs> this could be us, but you playing putt-putt. <laughs> well, Mara, what are you working on now? What's coming out in 2024, the year of our Lord, Laney Wilson? So many things. So Give many things. Deets. I'm so excited for this year. I have so much music that I'm like putting out, which <laughs> I'm just so happy about. Songs I've been sitting on and like trying to get. It's expensive to make music, man. It's expensive. It's to make have you ever seen the like triangle of like high quality, cheap, or like high quality, cost effective, or like time efficient? Right. And it's like pick two. Well, that's so true because like my family or other people are like, why don't you just do it yourself? I'm like, that would take quadruple so the time long. because then I have to learn how to do all of it. And then yeah. I have to like set up my place to, you know, so we've got three songs ready to roll. So those will be coming out shortly. Um, I'm playing, when does this come out? This will come out very soon and in the next week or so. Okay. So I'm playing third and Lindsay, February 1st. And then I'm playing. I saw your face on the Nashville sign. You did. I saw, I still haven't seen it. I saw your face on the Nashville sign. That's the biggest, biggest fucking sign in all of Nashville. Yeah. It's humongous right there at the cross of West end and Broadway. Yeah. (sighs) You're up there. I'm up there. 
I I drove by it the other day. My friend just moved into an apartment that has like a direct mm-hmm. view of it. And I was just sitting at his window, like watching, hoping that it would come <laughs> through the rotation. Um, but yeah, so that's for the February 1st at Third and Lindsley. And Who are then you playing with? It's me. And then Savannah Burroughs. She's hosting it. Mm-hmm. And then Molly Forbes. Cool. That's so a great lineup. It'll be a really fun show. Girl country, female empowerment, bitching, <laughs> all the things. Um, all for that. And then I think February 29th or 23rd, whatever that Monday is, I'm playing. The 23rd because the, or it's the 22nd. No, the 29th is a Thursday because okay. I'm doing a show that night. I know for sure. Okay. So it's the 23rd. 20, I don't know. Eight, Go to marshapa.com. <laughs> yeah. One of those days I'm playing <laughs> the songs. The Monday before the leap day. Yes. I'm playing songs suffragettes at the listening room. There's a bunch you of more shows. You play songs suffragettes pretty regularly, right? Yeah. Like every couple, three months, maybe. Every couple months. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, go to marshapa.com. Not we can, we can dub that. Slash. If you see it again. Okay. <laughs> go to marshapa.com slash live. And you'll see all my shows. All of your shows. And subscribe and follow me on Bands in Town. And if you want more music, my Venmo is at Mara Streppa. <laughs> if you, you want to hear donate. more of me, please give me money. Yeah. Have you ever watched Friends? Like. Okay, you don't. You can say no. But there's a scene. Uh, I forget how early into the show it is. But Phoebe is playing a show at the little coffee house. Uh-huh. And she takes out like a yellow legal pad and she goes, hi, here's my email list. So uh, please give me money so that I can buy a computer to send you emails. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah, that's us. That's us. It's yeah, it's crazy because I don't know. I don't think we talked about this when we were rolling, but I work from 430 in the morning until noon mm-hmm. and then do music from noon until whenever until I'm asleep. And it's that Pour for passion thing. It's like it I have so trucking. much respect for you because I've worked that exact same shift. Yeah, the candy shop. I worked at the uh, no. This was at a bakery oh. here in Nashville. I also did work at a candy shop. I always do that. I don't know. I know the bakery. I know the story. I am the candy, or I was the candy man. That means I could. I'm the candy man, and I can. But no, I was the candy man, and I could. I could no longer. Mm. But I worked that four thirty to noon shift at the bakery, and it's awful. Life ruiningly awful. I love it, luckily. Like, I love the job. Don't lie to me. <laughs> no, I do. I do. If you guys want to come work out, Orange Theory Melrose, it's the place to be. Yeah, I can't imagine doing that because you've worked there for a while now. Well, like a couple years, right? Mm-mm. Oh, Since okay. September. Oh, okay. So, because I was in school the last oh, few years. right. So, math. Remember, yeah. it's 2021. It's 2024 right now. <laughs> Um, oh brother but it's just again that like it's just part of the only crazy people do this like mm-hmm. only the craziest people do music and it's because we don't ha- I don't have an option like right. I literally refuse to do anything else like I've told people before it's like if you move to Nashville you have to be prepared to work harder than you ever have before because there's people like you and I literally working that 4 30 a.m. shift to have every night available to play music and some people aren't willing to do that and then they get all up in arms or jaded like oh nothing's happening my career and i'm like do something about it Mm -hmm. like make a change there's no blueprint there's no blueprint so you got to make it yeah like yourself yeah 
and it's brutal waking up at probably 3.30 when that alarm goes mm-hmm. off, going to bed when the sun is still up. Honestly, and I'm being so for real right now, the hardest part is leaving Cowboy. <laughs> because like this morning, for example, I woke up and he was like full blown. His paws and his head were resting on my head uh... and he was just purring it was so cuddly and like it's cold outside. It was so warm. And then you're just like, sorry, bye. Boom. Yeah. That's rough. And then when I get home, he gets so excited. <laughs> he gets so excited. So what's the first single you're going to be putting out called? Band shirts and polo ties. Great. It is. When is that going to be released? Do you have a date set? Not yet. Okay. It keeps getting pushed back because I keep freaking out about my vocal performance on it. Because I overthink, but naturally, hopefully, (laughs) end of, I mean, hopefully early March. Okay, that's the goal. Um, but I wrote it with John Decius, who's incredible, and Mm -hmm. it's just about me. It's like my song. That's great, Mara. Just Mara, not Mora. Not Mora, Caroline. (laughs) God. (laughs) No, it's just about me, and and it's fun, and it's it's kind of taking on this new. I hate the word brand, not really, not just this new like flavor that I'm kind of. We all go through different seasons of how our music is. Yeah. And it's just fun and it's very heavily influenced by John Prine and just has this like upbeat, happy, like you can't help but smile when you listen to it. And that's what I want my music to be. So I'm excited, especially after like two, my last two singles being so. Like not sad emo, but yeah, yeah. It's kind of fun to put out songs. Put out like, a pop, yeah. <laughs> so there's three. There's band shirts and bullet ties. Silver, which is an emo song. Okay, and then just ain't me, which is like a. As Jimmy Wood says, it makes you want to drive your car fast. So <laughs> that's, I love that. Gets me excited. Well, guys, thank you for tuning in this week. Mara, do you have any final thoughts you'd like to leave our listeners with this week? Follow me everywhere except for home, and. <laughs> I've never heard that before. <laughs> and uh, be kind. Be kind. That's Don't a great be a way dick. to leave it. Don't be a dick. Rule yeah. number one of Nashville. Don't, Don't be, be a, a dick. dick. <laughs> well, we'll leave it right there this week. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in to the Nashville Tour Stop Podcast, episode 108, featuring Mara Streppa. Find her at music.com, marastreppa.com, Just, mm-hmm. and find all of her live tour dates. Find her music follow, subscribe, dot, 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 et cetera, whatever. Make sure you keep in touch with her because the shows, they're not even free now. Like, I was going to say, the shows are free now, but the tickets to the Ryman will be expensive. Hmm. But uh, buy a ticket to go see her at the uh, the 3rd and Lindsley. Man, that's You're doing be great. great. It's going to be great. I'm excited. You should I cannot be. wait. Have you ever played there before? Yeah. Whew. I play there. It's a big stage. Yeah. It's I've a big done, room. I've done... A full band, and then I did Bluebird on third. That's awesome. It was just electric. Well, go find Mara everywhere. Follow her everywhere except for home. (laughs) I'm going to use that. There you go. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, you can find us everywhere on social media at Nashville Tour Stop. You can find our full live again. God damn it. You can find our full live event calendar on NashvilleTourStop.com. Please rate and subscribe our podcast here. If you liked it, give us a five-star review. If you hated it and made it this far, leave us a one-star review and tell us why you listened to an hour of something you didn't enjoy. That'd be crazy. That'd be wild. Honestly, (laughs) like I would 
commemorate you if you did that. If that you the right word. No. Maybe that's a whole thing. Maybe someone should try to get the lowest rated podcast on iTunes. I don't want to go for that. Yeah, no, let's not. Get not lost. this one. Don't <laughs> do that on this one. Give us a five-star review. Share it with your friends. Go back and listen to all 107 of our previous episodes. But thank you for tuning in this week. We will be back next week with more right here. But until the next time, please remember that all roads lead to the Nashville Tour Stop. Stop.